Welcome to the Ebb and Flow podcast with me, Solomon Ezra Berezin. I've been enjoying the meaningful conversations I've been sharing with inspiring people on the gamut of Solomon podcast, but I really wanted to reimagine and recreate the podcast in a way that creates extraordinary value, so I started the Ebb and Flow podcast. Ebb and flow inspires persistence and determination during the rhythmical patterns of decline and regrowth in life. Each episode, I bring on an inspiring and influential voices who are here to help us stand strong and walk through the ebb moments of life and propel us to the peak of our health, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, so we can live our life in the flow, individually and collectively. This includes strategies, habits, routines, focus tricks, questions, and much more that we can use to live our life in the best way in order to maximize our service to others. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you're as excited for the Ebb and Flow podcast as I am, but to make sure you don't miss any episodes, subscribe now on any stream, check out YouTube, or visit SolomonEzra.com to learn more. I am extremely happy to share this episode with you guys as I was very appreciative that my guest was more than happy to discuss some things with me. My guest today is Dr. Dan Engel. Dr. Dan Engel is board certified in psychiatry and neurology, and he owns a clinical practice that combines functional medicine, neurocognitive restoration, and peak performance methods. He's the author of the Concussion Repair Manual, which was launched back in October 2017, which has been very helpful in offering natural and technical technological recovery methods and techniques. He has been featured on several podcast interviews discussing topics from brain injuries, alternative medicine, psychedelics, peak performance, and beyond. If you'd like to stay up to date with Dr. Engel, you can follow him on Instagram or Twitter at Dr. Dan Engel, or go to his website, drdanengel.com. That's D-A-N-E-N-G-L-E.com. Thanks. First off, I think it's really incredible to have you on one of my first episodes because you were also on a few of the first episodes of my favorite leaders like Aubrey Marcus at the team at Onnit and T- Tim Ferriss. And I loved your um, podcast with Calvin Bannister and the Adventures of Brain Injury. Um, so again, thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome, Solomon. Happy to be with you today. Yeah. So... I really loved in the, your podcast with Calvin Bannister, I heard uh, not too long ago, you describing the story of breaking your cosmic egg, as you say, and as it's described, at the, at the age of 21, which last year was the same age I really, uh, or I had my concussion. And so if you, if you don't mind, could you kind of talk a little bit more about your your journey through brain injuries because you've gone through quite a bit uh yeah it is true i've gone through quite a bit and you know in my experience in also working with a lot of people uh friends family and clients who have had brain injuries and concussions of a variety of different levels of severity it's similar to other initiations of challenges in health Mm -hmm. Um, or even just challenges in life, each of our challenges slows us down just a little bit to be a little bit more reflective, to be a little bit more aware of 
life and our surroundings and, and our place in the cosmos, so to speak. Usually they're uncomfortable initiations because nobody, nobody likes to lose a significant portion of their health or at least have that temporarily challenged. But we also recognize that if, if we look hard and objectively enough in our life review, we see that the biggest challenges in our lives were typically the biggest teachers. We learned the most. It's oftentimes hard to know that in the midst of the crisis that this is serving in some way. Mm -hmm. That crisis precedes transformation yeah, every time. Yeah. It motivates change. And so it can happen with a head injury. It can happen with a chronic degenerative condition. It can happen with any other of a variety of different environmental things in like our relationship or we lose a loved one or something happens to our home or we get fired from our job or, you know, whatever the thing is, yeah. oftentimes these things are just clearing us out or opening, opening us up to another part of our evolutionary life path. Head injuries typically are even more so because if the brain is off, everything's off. And significant knocks to the brain really shift consciousness. Usually it shifts it in a way that if we, if we have a significant head injury, it takes us into a very inward journey. And this is very much like the hero's journey. Yeah. We get, we get into that, as Joseph Campbell says, into that cave that we fear lies the treasure that we seek. We take that underworld experience and we learn a lot about ourselves through that path and that process. But head injuries can be also the next level of challenge because when people have head injuries, it's really hard for them to, or I'll just say me as well, it's hard for us to um, start to organize our tasks, organize our life, objectively see if the things that we're doing for healing are working or not. Memory, attention, focus, concentration, all those things are altered. Sleep can be dysregulated. So yeah. it's a particular level and a particular style of challenge. And yet still, it's a challenge that if we orient it towards it as a potential healing force, then we can really start to develop ourselves even stronger through the process. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you mentioned, you know, it's, it's like a releasing of what we thought we knew and opening up to what can now be perceived with newer, fresh eyes. So how, yeah. and then asking ourselves, you know, how can we see uh, the, ourselves in the world differently and release our old programming and back into like our childlike curiosity? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a great, a great uh, quote also by Joseph Campbell that says, we must let go of the life we planned so as to accept the one that's waiting for us. And that kind of opening, you know, traditionally when I speak about cracking my cosmic egg, that's a title from a book from Joseph Chilton Pierce called Cracking the Cosmic Egg. And it's, it's really similar in this traditional tribalistic culture of initiation where the teacher clubs the apprentice <laughs> square yeah. on the crown of the head to open up 
If only yeah, you could see my world view when I read that in the first chapter of your book. <laughs> right. Only when you've had your, your egg cracked do you really understand what happens <laughs> through that process. And it can be really uncomfortable, really disorienting. And it can also be, like you said, a, a big opening into another phase of our lives. And it certainly was for me. Can, can you talk me a little bit through the the psychological and the physical symptoms? Because like you mentioned, it, it what it was most kind of difficult to do was express what I'm feeling to people who have not experienced a concussion themselves. And, and part of that is also like knowing what kind of recovery methods of sorts were, were absolutely necessary uh, compared to with, you know, a lot of it is also the psychological, which is our mindset, which is, as we just kind of touched on, you know, it's, it's a, a journey of acceptance rather than rejection. Yeah, you're, you're bringing up a really good point, which is another unique aspect of head injuries versus a variety of other injuries, or even a variety of other conditions, is that it's an invisible illness or it's an invisible challenge. You know, I also work with a lot of veterans, and many of them would say, I'd rather have my, you know, I'd rather have a part of my body dismembered or disfigured or, or challenged physically there was an external yeah. recognition of what was actually happening. So like, I'd rather have my hand blown off than my head blown up because you can't see what's happening in the brain during an injury. So many of the symptoms are vague problems with attention, focus, concentration, memory, mood, dysregulation, irritability, uh, challenges in like a change in personality style. These are all fairly invisible. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to express to people why I'm not on my game. I'm not, I don't have the same degree of motivation. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm like, I'm not totally here and like fully present because my brain's injured. It's inflamed right now. I'm actually in a healing phase, but I'm still trying to do my day-to-day life and yeah. I'm having a hard time with it. If you mentioned something like in another invisible challenge, like you, you mentioned cancer or you mentioned irritable bowel syndrome, or you mention even like acid reflux, people are like, oh, wow, okay, I know what that's like, or I have a sense of what that's like, or I've heard a lot about it. It's like brain injuries, people are, it's this vague kind of experience and not a lot of people can put their finger on unless they've had the experience of it. And so it is hard to communicate to other people what's actually happening internally. But the first thing that needs to happen is we, as brain injured people and survivors need to own what's happened. You need to be aware of actually what's happened. Many people don't appreciate what a mild concussion can actually do downstream. So even if people didn't have a loss of consciousness, you can still have a concussion and a concussion can still affect cognition and emotionality and personality. So first and foremost, we have to understand if there was a head injury and the ramifications. And then we have to take ownership of our own process and our own recovery because the current medical establishment doesn't actually believe that brains can be fully healed. Wow. Still in neurology schools and many residencies and medical schools, the, the common theme is that if you've had a stroke 
which is a style of brain injury, or you've had a significant traumatic brain injury or concussion, and that's been there for years, it's not going to get any better. And that's not true. I medically direct a center where we see people get better all the time from traumatic brain injuries 10 plus years ago. You just have to know how to engage the brain in therapeutic rehabilitative exercises and the technologies that support neuroplasticity and synaptogenesis or growing new bridges and connections between neurons. There are actually things now that indeed stimulate neurogenesis, which is actually the building of new neurons and the rehabilitation of old neurons. Things like stem cells and stem cell growth factors, which are exosomes, Mm -hmm. and hyperbaric oxygen therapy. And these things actually stimulate exogenous and endogenous stem cell production towards rehabilitation. And we see those things significantly benefit the clients that we work with. So that's what I mean by taking ownership and full responsibility. We have to take ownership and realize that an injury happened. And then we have to take responsibility into our own hands and get the information that actually suggests that there is hope, that there is faith, right? That I, that I can, through that hope, rekindle my faith that, that healing is possible. And then I'm going to do what I can and need to do in order to find those answers and then put those practices into action and then track my symptoms over time to see if they're working or not. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious um, about kind of alleviating the different lingering symptoms, as you kind of mentioned with, you know, some of your patients had their concussion or traumatic brain injury, you know, 10 years prior. So it, would you just recommend kind of just continuing the different uh, methodologies that, and technologies that you uh, talk about in your book? Or how, how did you, like, for example, kind of just go on through it? Because it's like you're cognizant that something is, it's not the same. I'm, you're not at the same peak performance, but you also, you know, can't keep rejecting that. Totally. Yeah, it's a good point. And so the informational uh, area and avenues of getting really good and verifiable data is uh, also its own discovery. Because there's a lot of information out there. And so trying to sort through all the information can be kind of confusing. Uh, I wrote a book on the concussion repair manual, principally out of everything that I had tried to use to heal my own brain and everything that worked, I put in the book. Now, that doesn't mean that everything in the book will work for every person because everybody's brain is different and everybody's injury was a little unique. But most of the things in the book will work and support most brains in healing and in optimizing. Because the same technologies that heal the brain are the technologies that optimize the brain. We just use different variables and potentially different frequencies or intensities of those therapies if we're going for healing versus optimization. So that's a fairly good place to start. And it's not the only place. There's a lot of good organizations out there putting out good information about brain injury and brain injury recovery. Yeah. Um, I think our clinic, Revive, is probably the best in the nation as far as what we do for helping people heal from concussion, stroke, and traumatic brain injury. We use a variety of different therapeutics, and not everybody is going to be able to spend two weeks with us and 
even take that amount of time out of their lives or to pay out of pocket for the services because these services aren't readily available in our medical system. And so it does require commitment and resources. So what can people do at home? Yes, the book is a good first step. It's also helpful to try things on for size. Um, I had to spend 25 years investigating different technologies to put my brain back together, back online. And to be honest with you, I don't know if I'm not done. Wow. And I started having concussions when I was in middle school. So I, I don't know that I've ever had a fully optimized, fully 100% on brain. It's pretty darn good. Like, did it's better you ever, than it's been before. Did you but I'm consistently feel? doing things that are optimizing its functions. And, and, that, and I'm continuing to prove that um, by performance measures and objective data. So I'm constantly myself putting myself back into the laboratory. So as far as I'm concerned, we're always developing, we're always growing, we're always healing, we're always optimizing, we're always a work in progress. And my just general summary statement is do what makes sense, track your data and don't give up. Never. Totally. Wow. No, I, uh, I like that and it's, it, it's crazy that, you know, you're saying it's still, you're still in a kind of a recovery and rebuilding to an even stronger performance as it is. Uh, and I ran into a doctor from the Amen Clinic, so I was thinking of potentially in the near future getting one of those, the SPECT scans that you also speak highly about in the book. Yeah, I got a SPECT scan and it still showed that there was more for me to do. At the time I got my spec scan, I felt like I was probably 80% of my potential. Now I feel like I'm probably closer to 90 to 95, but who knows? You know, there may be, we may just be scratching the surface of our cognitive potential and our consciousness potential. Because I don't believe the brain is just neurons in a hard shell. I do believe it's a transmitter and, and it gives and receives frequencies. And we can, you can tell that just by looking at the muse or any kind of number of neurofeedback or EEG devices, right? We, we both send out signals and we receive signals. But what, is, what if the, the bandwidth at which we're availably receiving and giving those signals is just a narrow bandwidth? And we're going to continue to find technologies that expand our capacity. And, I, and I'm convinced that we're still relatively new at this part of the game. So I get, I get really curious about what else is going to be yeah. shown to be a neurorehabilitative exercise and process and technology that continues to expand our cognitive performance and consciousness potential. Um, and so this is part of the interesting... Um, process that we're in in brain science research right now to continue to just be able to evolve the field and see where it goes from here. Absolutely. And I know you have to start getting going. So it's an absolute pleasure just being able to talk to somebody of your caliber about all this stuff. And I wish uh, and hope, you know, we can find another time to talk about all the other various questions and and healing methods have and you know to help a lot of other people because there's a neighbor I have back home also suffered from a, a concussion and you know it, sometimes it seems like they've kind of given up hope and 
if there's one thing I learned from you and your book and you know my nature it's never 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 quit so uh, like I said thank you very very much yeah you're welcome Solomon good to talk with you today I look forward to our next conversation yes absolutely all right take good care yeah you too Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to these wonderful gifts, which I hope have brought you some great value. We have many more guests to come and gifts pour over this world. And don't forget, if you have enjoyed any of these episodes or would like to hear some more, please leave me a review on Apple or Anchor Podcast or that little star on Outcast. I'm always looking for topics to learn and talk about, gifts to share, and value to bring to us all. For more updates, check out SolomonEzra.com. You can also sign up for my newsletter about new podcasts and blogs.